Welcome to the Faith Community Church Podcast, a ministry of Faith Community Church in South Boston, Virginia. This week, we have a special guest with us to encourage you to deepen your faith in Jesus Christ. It's so good to be here with you this morning. Um, before I get into preaching, I wanted to share a little update um, about Polly and I. Uh, my name is Will. My wife is Polly. She was on the violin. And we have two little girls, Felicity and Tabitha. And about a year ago, we were here. And I just want to share a little update of what God has done over the last year. Um, so last, last time we were here, we had all these big prayer requests where we'd ask the Lord for big things that almost seemed too big. Is my mic okay? Is that kind of what? Okay. Um, I remember we were in our, in our town in Azerbaijan, little town of Gebele, and we were renting, and it was just kept being a frustrating situation with trying to rent. We said, Lord, would you, could you give us a house? We started asking the Lord to give us a house, which seemed impossible. Um, but I'm, I, this last year, the Lord has done that. He's given us a house through the generosity of friends of ours who made that possible for us to take a loan. Um, so now we have a beautiful house where we're able to minister to people, show hospitality. Right now, there are friends of ours in Azerbaijan who are staying there and able to use it for God's glory. And that's just been a huge blessing to us. Um, we also, a year ago, we had been praying for a vehicle. And um, I could tell you a long story of our vehicle uh, fiascos, but the Lord provided $10,000, just a big gift for us to buy a beautiful big SUV. So now we have this giant tank of a car. We call it the love tank. And uh, we drive around, it's four-wheel drive. We don't get stuck in the snow or in the mud. So praise God for his faithfulness to us. Also, last time I had long hair, I cut my hair off. You can see that. Um, because the Lord's just opened more opportunities for us. And one of those opportunities, I think I shared two weeks ago, was going out to a little village. And um, whereas most people in Azerbaijan are fine with long hair, the people in the village, I didn't want that to be a stumbling block to them. Um, so I went ahead and cut my hair off for the glory of God. So willing to take the sacrifice. It looks good. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. No comments from the peanut gallery, please. <laughs> um, anyway, we're grateful to the Lord. It, it's, a, it's a new season for us. Um, we feel the Lord asking us to do something bigger than we've ever done before. So I, I opened up my own business in our town to teach English. So I've been teaching. And our big prayer request there was that the Lord would bring in 30 students. And over the summer, um, well, back in last January, I hired a local lady to help as a secretary. And um, man, she was a house on fire. She started inviting all of her friends and neighbors and reaching out to all of her people. And suddenly I had more students than I knew what to do with. So praise God, in the summer we had 35 students and that just felt like a big milestone breaking even, uh, able to pay our salaries and things like that. So praise God for that. Um, just able to touch a lot of lives and help people uh, learn English, which is a real felt need in Gebele. Um, the secretary ended up wanting to get in shape. So she and Polly would go to the gym. And at, as they were going to the gym frequently, um, Polly just got to really pray and share the gospel with her. She got saved. And she's the first lady we know of in our town that's following Jesus now. And um, the really amazing, encouraging thing to us is that not only is she in a town in Azerbaijan, which is a Muslim, Muslim nation, um, 
but she is of a people group that's even like a subset in her own country, and they are very, very unreached. Like if Azerbaijanis are unreached, her people group, the Lesgis, are even more unreached. Like they're even harder to reach with gospel. And um, so she's Lesgi, she speaks Lesgi, and now she's sharing with all of her family the glorious good news of Jesus. And we're just so excited about that. Her name uh, in, in Azerbaijani is Shelale, which means waterfall. And so we feel like, wow, thank you, God, for sending a waterfall into, our, into, the, into the family of God. So as you pray for Shelale, you can pray for more people to come to faith and put their trust in Jesus in Azerbaijan. Um, did that movie ever show up? Or? I think so. All right, we're going to try to share a little video starring my own beloved daughter, Felicity. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. In this new season, we feel God leading us to start a new coffee shop ministry in Gebele as a way to share the love of Christ with people that would be too afraid to maybe come to a church gathering, but who have no problem coming into a coffee shop and being prayed for here in the gospel. Um, and I just want to encourage you guys, you have been so faithful to give to, to our ministry, to support us for five years. Um, how about this next year, up in your game a little bit? Who wants to come to Azerbaijan to work with us for a little while? I just want to invite you to prayerfully consider coming out to Azerbaijan. Um, if you don't speak Azerbaijani, that's okay. You can pray for people. You can love people. I'm teaching people English so they'll be able to talk to you when you get there. Um, but come help us. Come over and, and serve the Lord alongside of us. We would be thrilled to have people come from Faith Community Church. I'm going to get into the Word of God, so I'd ask you to please open up your Bibles to Psalm chapter 16. This week as I've been preparing to share this message, I've just felt so excited from the Lord. Um, then I learned that uh, Kristen Skelton had been praying for me, so that even encouraged me more. But I just feel really excited about sharing this message with you today. I feel like the Lord wants to speak to us, wants to encourage us, wants to bless us today through his word. Let me pray for us as we open up and read. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you love us so deeply. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be here with us, to move in our hearts, to teach us, to bring revelation, God. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. I'm going to read this morning out of the ESV. 
Psalm 16. A miktam of David. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good thing apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are my excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another god shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Two weeks ago, my sister sent a little video of her, of her daughters playing on a swing set on the family chat, WhatsApp family chat, Somerville family WhatsApp. And she put this little tagline to it. It said, we found our happy place. And there they were, just swinging, smiling, enjoying being on the swing set. And there's something to that. Swings are a great place to be if you're a kid, even if you're an adult. What's your happy place? Maybe it's Christmas, the Christmas season. You really get into the Christmas spirit, and that's your happy place. Maybe you enjoy all the hustle and bustle and buying gifts. Maybe you don't like the cold. Maybe your happy place would be out on a beach somewhere soaking up some rays. Maybe you like being in a big crowd. Maybe you like being alone out on a deer stand in your workshop making something cool. Everybody has their own happy place. But today, as we look at God's Word, the, the title of this message I've, I've put down is Finding Our Happy Place in God. Because this morning, from God's Word, we find out where our true happy place is. Let's start with verse 1. Keep me safe, O God, for I've come to you for refuge. Keep me safe. If there's anybody that had troubles in his life, that'd be King David. If there's anybody who had a hard time, it's King David. Just put yourself in his shoes for a minute. He's out there watching his father's sheep, minding his own business, having a good time with God. All of a sudden, the prophet Samuel calls him, anoints him with oil. You're going to be the king. That was just the beginning of his troubles. Yeah, he got to see a lot of amazing things happen, but he also lived as an exile king for many years, on the run from King Saul, crazy, jealous old king who wanted to kill him. He had to live in exile in a completely different land. He went to the enemies, to the Philistines, and lived there among them for many years. If there's anybody who had trouble, it'd be King Saul. Keep me safe. I just think about him living in exile, far away from his loved ones, 
far away from the promise of God for his life. Keep me safe. As a kid, I struggled with wetting the bed. It wasn't because I didn't know where the bathroom was or anything like that. It was because I think as most kids are, I was very spiritually aware, very sensitive. And at nighttime, I would be troubled by demons. And I would see every shifting shadow, and, and I knew that the power of darkness was real, and it freaked me out. And I'd be too afraid to get out of bed. But my beloved grandmother, Mary Rice, I don't know if I shared with her or if she just was sensitive to what was going on, but she said, Will, whenever you're in trouble, you can call out to Jesus. And she taught me to pray a very simple prayer. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And that really began uh, to help me. In the nighttime, I'd be terrified, anxious of the dark, worried about what might jump out from any corner, worried about all that I'd learned in Sunday school. I mean, it's terrifying, right? <laughs> Satan is real. The devil is real. Fallen angels everywhere. It's not a children's story but to learn that I have the right to call out to Jesus. Jesus, save me, help me. And I tell you what, that prayer has been so important to me being a missionary overseas, coming up against forces of evil, coming up against the presence of demons, to be able to say, Jesus, help me. And guess what? The forces of darkness respond to the name of Jesus. They really do. He has helped us so many times just with simple prayers like that. Jesus, help me. I come to you for refuge. If you are feeling beset with troubles, if you're feeling oppressed by forces of evil this morning, you can call out to Jesus. Jesus, help me. I come to you for refuge. Second verse says, I say to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. What he's doing here is he's making a statement of faith. He's declaring the truth that he believes in his heart. What is his confession? That the Lord is his master. That is not a word we use a lot in our modern vocabulary here in the United States. I don't think you've probably said the word master in ordinary conversation for a while. By calling the Lord master, David is making himself out to be a slave. Maybe that's too strong. Let's go over to Psalm 23. David calls the Lord my shepherd. That sounds more comforting, doesn't it? The Lord is my shepherd. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> that means David is a sheep. Why would David say that? I say to the Lord, you are my master. He's saying to basically, Lord, I surrender my rights to govern my own life. I'm all yours. You have full access to every part of me. Do you want to get your money's worth out of your Christian walk with the Lord? Tell him you're all in. Tell Jesus, you're my master. I surrender my rights to my own life. Your way is my way. 
Declare it out loud like David did. Lord, you're my master. It's a game changer. It'll change your life. So many are looking to the world around us to give us what we want. But he goes on to say, I have no good thing apart from you. Every good thing that I have comes from you. The world can't give us what it doesn't have. God is in himself good. Every good thing comes from him. In his own nature, God is perfect goodness. Out of his nature, he freely gives what is good. One of the biggest lies that besets us is that God isn't really good. He doesn't have our best interests at heart. We can't trust him. He's holding out on us. wonder where those lies came from. If you look back at what the serpent said to Eve, he said, God really said, casting doubt to God's character and nature. But if we look over at Psalm 84, verse 11, it says, The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing. We can trust the Lord. No good thing will he withhold from you. Maybe you're struggling to believe that this morning. I just wanted to, I just want to say with authority from my own experience, no good thing does the Lord withhold from you. If it feels like he's withholding something from you, the story's not done yet. There was a time in my life where something very precious was taken from me. This verse gave me comfort. No good thing does he withhold. And sure enough, the Lord brought Polly into my life, and I knew that that was true. This word shuts the great lie of Satan. So many people are kept from running into the arms of their Heavenly Father because of the lie that God isn't good and He's holding out on you. David, by revelation, knows the true character and nature of God. He knows God's generous heart. He knows that He's full of steadfast love and faithfulness. He knows who God is, so he declares it with his mouth. To use the popular modern expression, he is preaching the gospel to himself. He is reminding himself. I'm just imagining how important that would have been for David, maybe sleeping out with his soldiers, maybe running from some enemy or running to attack some enemy, just to keep preaching the gospel to himself, keep reminding himself of God's goodness while he's living in difficult times. Whatever our circumstances are today, we need to do the same thing. Romans 10, 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So simple. <laughs> so good. Believe. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. This is the gospel. I'm so glad it doesn't say, believe in your heart and then go earn your way into heaven. So easy. Confess it with your mouth. The next verse says, in the ESV it says, As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. But I like the way the New Living Translation has it. It says, 
The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. I take pleasure in them. I want to camp out on this verse just for a minute. I love the name of this church, Faith Community Church. First of all, because I see so much faith in this church, and secondly, because it's a community. One of God's best gifts to his people is the community of the saints. People around us, people who are also looking to Jesus, spurring us on. Um, So often we can feel frustrated at church. We can get critical. We can leave the church service and spend the next two or three hours complaining about what the pastor did or didn't say. We can gossip. We can bicker. But I have a unique unique vantage point of being in an unreached people group for the last year, not being able to go to church because there is no church. And every time I step step foot back in the doors of the church, it's like drinking from a beautiful, crystal clear mountain stream. I love being here. I love being with you all. I love looking around and seeing what God's doing in your life and who you are. I see Christ in you all. Probably not perfectly formed, but I see amazing signs of progress. You guys are my heroes. I take pleasure in you. God does. God takes pleasure in you this morning. So I can too. David knew that. David knew that God cares deeply for his people so he could say the same thing. I think about faith. I think about Kathy Lane. Kathy put up these purple martin nests in the hope that one day she'd have a purple martin colony. And then she waited and waited and waited. Something like 11 years, is that right? That's more faith than I've got. But they came. And are they still coming? Still coming. So now she's got something that she didn't have because she believed. That's faith. I think about Mark. Back in the back in the old days, there was I was leading worship here. And I felt the Lord calling us overseas, and Dane was like, I don't know, I want you to stay. And I was like, I'm sure God's got somebody better than I am to lead worship here. And God brought us Mark. Not only is he an amazing worship leader, he's a worship song writer. He won't tell you this, maybe you don't know this, but the song we just sang, that special, he wrote that. That could be on K-Love. That's excellent, excellent, beautiful, God-glorifying music. Coming out of a double-wide trailer church. (laughs) God is so good to us maybe I don't know everybody deep enough to go around the room but I just want each person here to know the favor of God the pleasure of God in you if you have any doubt look at the fullness of his expression of love to you this morning on the cross God sent his son to die for you this morning. Could there be deeper love? Not that I know of. God loves you. And we can love each other. 
We can delight in one another. We can take pleasure in one another and say to each other, you're one of my heroes. Dane saying yes to the Lord to do something radical, quit pastoring when he was in his golden years. He had it made. He had it made in the shade drinking pink lemonade. But the Lord said, I want you to quit. I want you to be one of those crazy people driving around, flying around the world, and nobody knows exactly what he's doing, but he's serving the Lord. <laughs> I'm inspired by him. I want to do the same thing in my life. I want to be ready to say yes to the Lord at any, at any point. Okay? This same pleasure and delight that the Lord has, it, it does also extend, I just want to make this point, it extends to unbelievers too. David is saying, you guys are my delight, the holy ones in the land, but God loves the lost. God loves the lost. Somebody pointed out to me um, that Jesus used to eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners. <laughs> And if you've ever been around people who are on the margins of society, they're very, very aware, and they don't, they don't, uh, they don't take kindly to hypocrites. And Jesus had a relationship with tax collectors and sinners. He would sit down and eat with them. He could not have done that. He could not have gotten close to them unless he cared about them and unless they could feel that. It just wouldn't have been possible. If he would have come to show off his righteousness, how amazing he was. They wouldn't have given him the time of day. But he sat and ate with social outcasts. Polly and I, last time we were here, we were having a date at the Southern Plenty, just down here in South Boston. And I think we were drinking some kind of fancy coffee drinks and chatting. And we just said, we should pray for this area. So we started praying for South Boston. And I had something crazy happen while we're sitting there in Southern Plenty, praying for South Boston. Uh, I just began to weep. I began to cry. And it wasn't because I was sad, but I just began to feel um, the Father's love for this area, for the people here. And as I'm watching, you know, uh, gentlemen farmers come in to get their latte and people coming in to buy their, I don't know, whatever you buy in Southern Plenty. My heart just began to break for them. And I was so grateful because I felt like the Lord was just sharing a bit of his heart for the people here. Um, and that's how he loves us. He loves us deeply. It's not a, oh, God loves you, God bless you. It's a broken-hearted father who weeps for his people, who delights over us when we come to him. The Bible says he delights over us with singing. That's an amazing image. Um, what about the, the saints in the land who hurt you? What about the brother or sister in church who betrays you? Hey, take it as an opportunity to grow into greater likeness with Christ. All of his besties betrayed him, left him hanging in his moment of need. 
he turned around and died on the cross for them. My sister Sarah, who I told you about her kids on the swing set, she's two years older than I am. Growing up, we were either best of friends or we were worst of enemies. And after coming back from two years of Bible college, I knew everything and she didn't know anything. <laughs> and we got into some sort of a weird state of mind where whatever she would say, I would take it the worst possible way. Whatever I would say, she just wouldn't hear it. And we kind of both stopped and said, this isn't any kind of way to have a brother-sister relationship. So we, we just quit talking to each other, really. And, and I remember going back to where I lived in South Carolina and just beginning to pray for that situation, pray for my sister, pray for our relationship. I knew it wasn't just her fault. <laughs> it was my fault, too. And over about six months, we didn't really communicate. She was living in Maryland. I was in South Carolina. And um, I just tried to keep remembering to pray for our relationship. The next time I saw my sister, it was just a completely new relationship that we had. And the Lord changed our hearts. Not that we aren't the same people, and we're stubborn at times. And it's hard, you know, as brothers and sisters, you take each other for granted sometimes. But God changed our relationship to where we love and respect each other now. And I consider her one of my greatest and dearest friends. And she supports us on the mission field. We're driving her car right now around here. Um, so praise God for that. He can, God can bring breakthrough in any relationship. He can bring healing. Um, take time to pray about it. Let's go on to verse 4. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifice of blood or even speak the names of their gods. David was living in the Canaanite world, all kinds of different gods that they had, and they would pour out worship to them through pitchers of blood. We don't have Canaanite gods with names like Baal and Ashtoreth, Dagon, that we're being influenced by or being tempted to worship in our days. But are there things that are taking God's place in society around us? Sure. Are people trying to get us to go with them to serve things that aren't God? Sure. Back in those days, they were very, uh, people who were worshiping false gods were very evangelistic. The Philistines were from a completely different area they were known as the Sea People, and they came from a different area, but they, they pretty quickly adapted to the religion of the Canaanites. People who are, are worshiping false gods or running after false gods, they want you to come along and join them. They're not shy. They're going to invite you in to all sorts of ungodliness, all sorts of pouring out sacrifices. I just want you to, to be different. I want you to join David in saying, I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. I will honor God with my life. Verse 4, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. When... When I got married, 
this was kind of the verse that I found that put, put legs onto how I was feeling. Lord, you've given me a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. Even with the best gifts in this life, we're just getting a little tiny glimpse of what our inheritance is in Christ Jesus. The New Testament says that we are citizens of heaven. If we've been raised with Christ Jesus, we belong to heaven. So as the inheritance that God has for us, it isn't just the best of whatever we can find here on earth. It's heaven. It's the glory of his presence. It's being in heaven for the rest of our life. He is the one who guards what is ours. This last season for us uh, was difficult. We, we lost things. We had some precious dogs. Um, I'd been praying for a dog. <laughs> you know I'm a southern boy if I really want a dog, right? Well, the Lord gave us some beautiful dogs, and it's like every one of them died or we had to get rid of. That was hard. Then the baby that we'd prayed for, we got, we got pregnant, we were expecting, and then we had a miscarriage, and that was hard. And in times like that, it's, you, you feel disappointed, you feel discouraged, but we can trust that the Lord is guarding what is ours. And even the little baby we lost, we trust the Lord has him well taken care of, It's easy to talk about loss, but what we don't talk about is the comfort and the nearness of the Lord in moments like that. And I just want to tell you guys, going through those hard situations, the Lord was incredibly close. So close. It, it almost, it's almost like I couldn't really experience the grief that I knew I should be feeling because the Lord was so close to me, I just couldn't really be that sad. He was holding us in those times. Verse 9 says, No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. For Polly, you know, just feeling the deep loss of a child, the Lord met her with joy. Amazing joy. You'll have to ask her for her testimony. But kind of in the middle of, doing, of going through something that we dreaded, you know, the worst that we could imagine, losing a, losing a child that we'd been hoping for. Um, the Lord met her with so much joy where in the middle of the night she just woke up laughing. And she wasn't crazy. <laughs> no, the Lord just met her in the night with joy, with comfort. He spoke to her heart about the loss. And the Lord is good to do that. The Lord is good to meet us. So no wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice and my body rests in safety. Verse 10 says, you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. This is a messianic prophecy about Jesus. What a hope for him going to the cross to know that God says he's not going to be abandoned. He's not going to be left. He's not going to be left to rot in the grave. Three days later, he rose again. Our Lord is alive forevermore. If God didn't abandon Jesus, he won't abandon you to death. For those who are in Christ Jesus, we look forward to the resurrection. Verse 11, you will show me the way of life. 
granting me the joy of your presence, the pleasures of living with you forever. The way of life is the way of the cross, where heaven was open for us as the blood of Jesus cascaded down to cover our sins and give us access into fully abundant, never-ending life. The happy place of the believer is in the presence of the happy God. Doesn't matter if you're out on a tree stand, if you're in a big shopping mall with people all around you, maybe you're with your family, maybe you're in Azerbaijan, we can be happy. We're in our happy place, safely in the arms of our Father through the work of Jesus on the cross. When he went to the cross, Jesus went to ensure that his joy would be our joy, the joy of uninhibited access to God. Brothers and sisters, we are invited into unwrapping the gift of restored relationship with our Heavenly Father. So this Christmas season, don't settle for fake imitations, cheap substitutes, Find your happy place in the presence of God. If you're going through hardship or sorrow, draw near to God. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. Although I'm guessing all of us here are following Jesus, I don't want to make any assumptions. And I want to invite anyone who's here that may not know that they're born again, that they're following Jesus, to make that decision today, to come and worship the King with the Magi. If you think about it and you say, no, I can't say to the Lord, you're my master. I don't know him that way. Maybe I know about Jesus, or maybe I've seen my parents or people around me following Jesus, but I don't have that in my own life. If you would like to be born again today, put your trust in Jesus. If you want to make that decision, I'd invite you to come forward. Come to the front. We'll make this place up here just a place for drawing near to the Lord. You can do that today. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe as I've shared Something has touched you, and you want to draw closer to the Lord. You have a relationship with, with Jesus. You're born again, but you want to draw close to the Lord. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I like an old-fashioned altar call. And I just want to invite you today to come to the front. Sit or bow down. Ask the Lord to draw near to you. Ask the Lord to fill you again. If you've been going through something, he's near. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Finally, I want to share a story that I feel that I should share. And then we'll have a time of welcoming people to the front. When I was a teenager, my family moved to Mexico. And one of the amazing opportunities I had in Mexico was to join a group of dentists and doctors who regularly go up into the mountains of Mexico to preach, to give service to indigenous people. 
We had driven for about 24 hours up into the state of Guerrero, way up into the mountains. And the doctors and dentists had set up their facilities where they were ministering to people, filling cavities, and seeing sick people there. We were working amongst the, the tribal people called the Misteco. And one brother had come down from Texas. He had a big truck. Basically, it looked like a cattle truck. But what he would do is he would shuttle people to and from little villages and little outlying areas to the clinic. He was the bus. And he was from Texas. He didn't speak any Spanish. So I jumped in his truck with him one evening to take a whole load full of people back to their homes. So I'm in the back of the truck trying to act as an interpreter. Although, to be honest, most of the people in the truck didn't even speak Spanish. They just spoke Mixteco, which I didn't speak. So I'm trying to talk to them in Spanish. They didn't really get it. And I'm thinking, what am, I, what am I gonna do here? Here I am in the back of this truck going over some of the bumpiest roads I've ever been on, up and down mountains. And uh, I just began to sing sing. I didn't really know what else to do. I just started singing. And I just started singing my heart out in English over these people. Um, and at that time, too, I had this deep feeling of just God's, God's desire for these people, God's love for them, God's delight in these precious souls. And ever since that time, if I'm honest, my happy place has been looking for the lost, finding the people that nobody else is going to go to, Maybe they don't speak your language, but they're precious to God. God loves us so deeply. I'm going to ask Mark to come up and, and play a song. If you would like to have a time to pray and you want to come to the front, you're very welcome to do so. Now is the time to do that. If you want to be saved and you want to trust in Jesus, you can come to the front and one of the elders will pray with you. And we're just going to close with a song. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Faith Community Church, you can find us online at FCCSobo.org or on our Facebook page by searching Faith Community Church. As always, God loves you, we love you, and we hope you have a wonderful week.